Hey everyone, Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready For The Draft podcast pre-combine edition. We're going to take a look at every position leading up to the NFL Combine, which is set to begin this week in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. Over 300 athletes will be embarking on their future you know, I guess their first job interview, if you will. Uh, we're going to take a look at, again, each of the positions, what to expect, what to look for, um, who am I going to be keeping an eye out for the most. And then when you're looking at some of the snubs, not everybody was able to be invited there to Indianapolis. Who were the biggest snubs by position? And also take a look at a few players uh, who weren't able to qualify for the combine due to off-field incidents involving uh, domestic violence and, and such. Um so without further ado, we've got over 300 players to to review, talk about. We're not going to talk, to talk about all of them, but we've got to make sure we get through each and every position. So without further ado, the very first day of the combine, you're going to be taking a look at running backs, the offensive line, and special teams. So when we look at the running back position, first and foremost, um, you know, I, I think the running backs, there are 28 running backs that are going to be at the NFL Combine. When you think about that, um, you know, if we go back in terms of the Combine back to 2000, uh, 2011, um, you know, from 2011 to 2018, those eight drafts, uh, we've averaged 24 running backs taken in the draft. So, I mean, when you think about that, um, you know, there was... You know, you talk about running backs in the first round. Um, you know, we had three running backs taken a season a season ago, but uh, you know, from uh, twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen, we had no running backs taken in round number one. Uh, so it's one of those things to where really the the question is going to be how many running backs, what can we expect? Since twenty fourteen, we had uh, two in twenty fifteen, one in twenty sixteen two more in 2017 and three in 2018. When we look at this year's NFL uh, you know, draft class at the running back position, I think a lot of the depth at the running back position is going to be after day one. You know, when you talk about running backs and you're looking at who's going to be a day one selection, I think, you know, Joshua Jacobs out of Alabama has to be the guy should probably weigh in around 215 pounds, 5'11". Um, it'll be curious to see just how, you know, what he runs in the 40. Um, but I, I think he and Devin Singletary are going to be the two that are going to be most talked about as, as potential first-round candidates. Devin Singletary, one of the guys, uh, exceptional balance, the lateral quickness in and is is remarkable. His vision, um, you know, the, the ankle flexion with some of his cuts are, are just ridiculous. Um, but beyond that, there are a lot of guys that you're looking at in that second, third, fourth-round range. Remember, Kareem Hunt. You know, who ultimately led the league in rushing before, obviously, his off-field incident. Um, he was a third-round pick. So when you talk about some of these guys, when you're looking at, at uh, who could potentially make an impact, who am I looking for? I want to see what Daryl Henderson's going to run there at, you know, out of Memphis. He was kind of one of those guys to where you got him out on the perimeter, very patient to wait for his blocks, puts his foot in the ground when he sees a hole, and all he needs is just a crease, and he's gone. That, that uh, vertical speed was was off the charts. You look at a guy like like Travion Williams. I don't know why people aren't talking about Travion Williams. All he did uh, th- this past season was rush for um, over 1,700 yards. Um, you know That's something that, to me, when you're looking at a running back and you're talking about production, um, you know, that's somebody that should jump off the, the game film right away. Um, you know, a guy who also can catch the football out of the backfield. That's someone that, you know, teams are going to be looking for quite a bit. And, and Travion Williams, 
um, you know, 66 receptions in his career over those those three seasons. So he's going to be able to show his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. But I want to see what he runs in that 40 because he's one of those guys who gets out on the perimeter uh, after that like contact balance, uh, ability to run through contact, the vision, and uh, his ability to just continue to fall forward. But he has that breakaway speed. I really want to see that. Um, you know, David Montgomery and, and Benjamin Snell. You know, um, out of Iowa State and Kentucky, uh, those are two other guys, power backs, uh, if you will. You know, I think one of the things with David Montgomery is he's quicker than he is fast. He's one of those guys who can set you up and, uh, you know, from three, four, five yards away and the lateral cuts are just ridiculous. Another guy who runs through contact. That's really one of the things, that, the staple uh, of this draft class. A lot of guys who can just run through contact. Um, you know, Bryce Love, obviously, is a guy who... You know, with his torn ACL, won't be able to compete. He would have been the fastest, um, you know, running, uh, running back there at the combine. So I'll be curious to see who's who's going to be the fastest now. Uh, you know, Damian Harris is another guy. Uh, you know, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds, a guy who shared the backfield with um, Josh Jacobs. And uh, all he did was continue to produce. You know, thousand yard season, and uh, you know, someone who I, I think he runs with power, runs with with some speed. Um, you know, more of a, a physical runner between the tackles, not a game breaker. Um, but you have him, you have uh, Elijah Holyfield, another guy who I think could be a day two pick um, in the second, third round range. Both of those guys, not a whole lot of wear on their on uh, on those tires. Um, you know, Rodney Anderson. You know, here's a guy who you know tore his knee up. He'll be there at the combine. He won't be able to run, but you know he's someone from the measurable standpoint. And really, just taking a look at that knee, the health of that knee, where is he at? And really, just the medicals in general. A big red flag. You know, a guy who broke his leg. You know, he's he's broken his neck. One, really, only one year of you know being healthy. But that's the thing. That one year of of playing healthy football at OU and you saw what he was able to accomplish. Uh, I, I go back to that TCU game, 150 yards on the ground and through the air. Um, you know, really a, a special back if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. Other guys who might, you know, really jump out for people, James Williams, Tony Pollard, Justice Hill. Uh, three guys to me, uh, catch the football very well out of the backfield. I think those are guys that um, you know really sh- you know, are, are going to be showcased very well in the in uh, the route running ability and the ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Um, you know, looking at the list, you know, Alexander Madison is another guy who I think is kind of flying under radars a little bit. You know, I think he's somebody that you know you have to keep an eye out for. And then there's Raquel Armstead, there's uh, Karan Higdon, and those are two of the power backs as well. So those are the guys that I really am curious to see what they do at the Combine, how they measure up, and uh, what that 40 time is going to look like, um, you know, and really some of the agility drills as well. Um, you know, and, and what separates some of the running backs, you know, a, a day two guy versus a day three guy is his ability to pass block. Obviously in this day and age, in the NFL, um, you're expecting your your running backs to be able to pass block, and so you know if you're not able to do that, then you know you must be a special back. You know if if you're going to get drafted um, high in the draft, I think that was one of the things Saquon Barkley to me I thought was inconsistent with his pass blocking ability, but his athleticism and the way that he ran the football really trumped anything that we were looking at there. So you know if I were to venture to guess right now, if you look at my mock draft, 
Josh Jacobs is my only running back considered in round one. I think you may have one or two other backs that could sneak their way into round one capability. I mean, look at last year. Um, you know, we, we had Saquon Barkley uh, going number one overall. I'm sorry, number two overall, the number one running back. I should clarify. And then Rashad Penny, you know, out of uh, San Diego State, uh, all the yardage that he put up. He was someone who ended up coming off the board 27 to Seattle. And then Sony Michelle, you know, out of Georgia, uh, you know, another running back who had that potential. He was kind of a borderline first, second round pick. Um, and then moving into, into round number two, you had Nick Chubb, you had Ronald Jones, on Johnson, Darius Geis, uh, and then Royce Freeman in round three. So these were all guys that produced there at the at the combine and also a lot of the production out there on the um, out on the football field. Um, you know, looking at round four guys, man, uh, Naeem Hines was a round four guy. Ito Smith was a round four guy. Kalen Balage, uh, Chase Edmonds got some playing time, um, you know, in round four. And then, gosh, the Colts got a steal with Jordan Wilkins in the fifth round. Um, these are, you know, that, that's kind of when you look at, at how this draft plays out. I don't think we're going to see a lot of guys in, in round one, but you're going to see a ton of depth in rounds two, three, and four. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a class um, that uh, exceeds uh, 2018's output. They had 21 backs taken. Uh, Justin Jackson of the Chargers, a seventh round pick who really played well down the stretch in Melvin Gordon's absence. Uh, you know, he was the 21st taken there in, in round number seven. I think we'll see at least 24 running backs taken. And and looking at the list of, of running backs, um, you know, there's there, there's quite a few guys that, that, that jump out here to me. Um, when we talk about the snubs, you know, and who didn't get a, an invite, Bruce Anderson out of North Dakota State, I think, was one of my bigger surprises. You know, this is a guy who, you know, I, I think, you know, another guy who's quicker than he is fast, but an excellent receiver out of the backfield. Darwin Thompson out of Utah State, a thousand yard back, you know, and a guy who who can run the football uh, between the tackles and out on the outside. And then obviously, you know, there's Divine Zigbo, um, the the running back out of uh, Nebraska. Uh, power back, just huge legs, and, and a guy who's very physical, and uh, you know he's he's the other running back. You know those are the three that I was really surprised uh, to see. You know when uh, I, I took a look at the uh, the list of uh, of running backs, who was not actually there. Those were the three that really jumped out to me. So offensive linemen, really, they're the ones that kick off the drills. Um, they're on Friday, and we're gonna see the forty times. You know, and and offensive linemen running 40s, really the biggest thing is, is those 10-yard splits. That's really what you want to see. How explosive are they getting out of their stance? That's what's going to make the difference, especially for those tackles. How quickly can you get out and, and uh, you know, with that kick slide out of your stance and pick up those edge rushers coming off the edge? Because if you're a, you know, a step slow, that's going to make all the difference between a quarterback throwing a pass 30, 40 yards down the field for a touchdown and a quarterback getting sacked and uh, dropped for a huge loss. So offensive linemen as a whole, 41 on average taken per per year. So when you, when you think about that, that's, that's 41. So that, that's 20, 20 offensive tackles, roughly 14 guards, and seven centers. 
So when they actually compete there at the combine, it's going to be all the offensive linemen in general so that they can go through all the drills. Obviously, when you watch a lot of the uh, perimeter blocking, you'll see the, the offensive tackles really shine. And I think that's where the guards are going to struggle to get out there against the speed rushers. Um, but uh, you know, you'll see a lot of the different combo blocks on the inside uh, who can pull and, and get out on the edge. Um, you know, so you're going to see a, a lot um, they're really a lot of fun to watch, you know, to be perfectly honest. But when you're talking about, uh, you know, the position specifically, let's start with the offensive tackle position. So we had six offensive tackles taken in round number one in 2011. Um, you know, and there were 19 total offensive tackles taken that year. In 2012, only two offensive tackles taken in round one, 25 total. So in 2011, only one offensive tackle taken in, in the top 10. And that was Tyron Smith out of Dallas. Um, you know, you drafted out of USC, number nine overall, going to the Cowboys. 2012, it was Matt Khalil, another Trojan, taken number four overall by the Minnesota Vikings. When you talk about 2013, five tackles taken in round number one, and you had three taken in the top ten. You had Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, and Lane Johnson. They went one, two, and four, respectively. And then uh, if you're counting... Offensive linemen that were taken or offensive tackles taken in the, in the first half of the first round. You can throw in DJ Fluker, uh, you know, number 11 to the Chargers. Um, so you had four that were taken right there in the first half and five overall in the first round. 22 total offensive tackles taken in 2013. In 2014, five offensive tackles taken in the round number one. And you had two that were actually taken in the top 10. Greg Robinson, uh, you know, number two overall to the St. Louis Rams. And then Jake Matthews, uh, number six to the Falcons. But then you also had Taylor Lewan, number 11, and uh, Zach Martin, number 16, to Tennessee and Dallas, respectively, in the top half of the first round. And then uh, all total, 23 offensive tackles taken. You know, 2015, no offensive tackles taken in round in, in the top 10. You had three that were taken uh, in round one overall, uh, 18 total offensive tackles taken um, in that draft. 2016, Ronnie Stanley, Jay, uh, Jack Conklin taken in uh, the top 10. Laramie Tunsil, number 13, um, overall to Miami. Uh, so he was taken in the top half of the first round. Overall, fourteen off or four offensive tackles taken in round number one and eighteen total in that draft. Twenty seventeen, no offensive tackles taken in the top ten. Just Garrett Bowles and Ryan Ramchek taken in round number one, um, and, and fifteen total offensive tackles taken in, in twenty seventeen. Last year, uh, we had Mike McGlinchey. Um, you know, ninth overall to San Francisco and then Colton Miller, number 15 to Oakland and had a total of 19 offensive tackles taken. So when, when we look at that, why is that significant? Why, why am I breaking that down? You know, we're talking about offensive tackles in this draft and the potential that some of these guys have um, to be taken a high. Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those classes to where we're, we're going to be seeing some offensive tackles come off the board a lot, lot, uh, lot higher than uh, in past seasons when you're talking about offensive tackles to me my number one offensive tackle is Jonah Williams so what I'm looking for at the combine is going to be what what is Jonah Williams uh, measuring in at you know how tall is he going to be is he 6'5 as they say about 300 pounds what's the arm length 
you know, the arm length, ideal arm length is 34 inches. If it's shorter than that, is he going to be an offensive tackle or are they, are teams going to want to kick him inside to guard? You know, if you, if you remember Isaiah Wynn just a season ago was taken in the first round, you know, and really, you know, he was slated as a guard, um, you know, and that's really why I was he wasn't mentioned in the offensive tackle breakdown because uh, he was officially a guard. But essentially, what the Patriots were looking at was having him play left tackle. That's why he was drafted as high as he was. Was he was actually going to be playing left tackle for them before he went down to injury, and he had shorter arms. So I don't know that that's necessarily yes, it's not ideal. But a technician like Jonah Williams, to me, um, you know, if those arms are going to be over over you know around 34 inches, then I think that really ends that conversation. But uh, you know, the, the the question still will remain: Is he a top 10 pick? Is he a top five pick potentially? I have him going number five overall to the Bucks. So he's someone that I'm definitely keeping an eye on for sure. Uh, another offensive line, uh, offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor out of Florida. You know, big, massive guy, um, you know, 6'5", 338 pounds. How does he move? You know, looks very easy. You know, an easy mover, very powerful. You know, how quick is he going to be? Especially when he's out there lining up. You know, alongside a lot of these other offensive linemen. Uh, Dalton Reisner is is another tackle. Uh, you know, out of Kansas, uh, Kansas State. He showed at the Senior Bowl that he can play the tackle position. A lot of people thought he was going to be kicking inside the guard. I don't see that happening now. But when you talk about the quickness and, and the athleticism, and we're going to see that out there on the field, you know, Dalton Reisner and, and you know, Juwan Taylor. You know, Reisner goes, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There are basically, you know, four players in between Reisner and Taylor. So that's really something you'll be able to compare them pretty well. And then right after Taylor, you've got uh, Oli Udo out of Elon uh, separating him and Jonah Williams. So you're going to be seeing them a lot uh, together. And that's really what you know you want to see. Is Jawan Taylor worthy of that number one offensive tackle uh, moniker that, that a lot of people are giving him? I don't see it just yet. Um, you know, I, I think Jonah Williams still the technician. I think he's number one, but Jonah uh, or Jawan Taylor sitting there at number two. I see him as a right tackle. You know, the right tackles are becoming more and more important in the league as well. Um, but I think the versatility of, of Jonah Williams kind of weighs you know weighs out there. Um, you know, Andre Dillard is another guy. I want to see the athleticism out of this kid. Um, you know, he, he looks very, you know, like, uh, like Jawan Taylor, very easy mover. You know, he, he's very light on his feet. I think he's going to test very well. And I, I think all the agility drills, um, you know, I really want to see that kick slide, the mirror drill. I think he's going to excel in a lot of those. I think his draft stock is going to skyrocket, uh, when it's all said and done. So I mentioned four offensive tackles right there. I think all of those guys are going to be first-round picks when it's all said and done. The other offensive tackle out there is Greg Little. And I think Greg Little has to answer some questions. There was a lot of in- inconsistent tape that was out there, 6'6", 325 pounds, probably going to measure right around there, has really long arms. Um, you know, I, I saw him you know, play... Uh, you know, against Alabama, and you know there were some inconsistencies there, um, and, and really just across the board. You know, he'd play well, but you didn't see him string play after play. Um, you know, one of those guys who moves very well. He's he looks like a pure left tackle. Uh, I hear a lot of people talk about him possibly moving over to right tackle. Um, so he, I think he has a lot of questions to answer, though, in ter- especially in terms of technique and what he can do there. Um, you know, that's going to be a question mark. For sure. Uh, let's see. I just looked at the list. I don't see Yadni Kajust on here. 
you know, I don't know if maybe it was just my list that I have, but I don't see Yadni Kajust out of uh, out of West Virginia um, making the list. I need to see if that was just an error on my part. Um, but yeah, as as you go through go through the list, Chuma Adoga is a guy who really moved up boards at the Senior Bowl. He's someone to keep an eye on. You got Bobby Evans, um, you know, as a left tackle. David Edwards, a tight end for a uh, former tight end. Um, uh, out of Wisconsin, he's he's uh, someone that you're going to be keeping an eye on. Caleb McGarry, how you know he's very physical at the point of attack. You know he's kind of the opposite of of Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard not all that physical. Caleb McGarry very physical, but I want to see his footwork. Can he move very well? You know Isaiah Prince, a lot of inconsistent and bad tape out there. Is he? Uh, you know, he's really going to have to to bring it there at the combine. Uh, Max Sharping out of Northern Illinois, another technician, a guy who, you know, he doesn't look all that athletic out there on the field, but he's a guy who gets the job done. I think he'll be a third, fourth round pick, but a guy who I think is going to stick in the league for a long time because of uh, that efficiency. You know, he just doesn't allow, he gave up one sack on the year, and that was A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa, who's going to be uh, in the first round consideration next season. Um, but he's a guy to me. I think it ha- if he has a, a good showing at the combine, could see his draft stock skyrocket. So that's the offensive tackle position. We kind of broke that down uh, quite a bit. So we take a look at the guard position. So the guards, you know, 15 true guards taken since 2011. You know, when you look at it, um, you know, we had. Let's see, two in 2011, and of that, Mike Pouncey was the only one taken 15th overall in the first half of the first round. Uh, 2012, we had two offensive tackles taken in round one. 2013, we had three. You know, that was when Jonathan Cooper uh, and Chance Warmack went number seven, number 10. Uh, 2014, we didn't have any offensive tackles taken. 2015, we had Brandon Sheriff, and, and uh, I guess you can count Eric Flowers uh, there as top 10 picks. 2016, we had two offensive tackle or offensive guards taken in round number one. 2017, none, and then in 2018, obviously with two. But you know, Quentin Nelson going number six overall. Um, when you look at a lot of these guys that have that are taken, um, you know, outside of Jonathan Cooper and Chance Warmack, um, these were guys that were surefire. Well, really, Eric Flowers as well, who's more of a, a tackle than a guard. Um, but you know, Brandon Sheriff, Mike Pouncey, Quentin Nelson, all guys that made made an impact. And I look at Cody Ford as being that next guy. To me, Cody Ford is a guy who can step in right away, be a starter, and be on the football field for for a long time, and uh, you know really hold down one of those guard positions. He also is, has that versatility. He'll probably come in slated as a tackle, but to me, I think that's really where um, you know he, his draft stock is going to be very valuable. He's going to be a valuable commodity because he can play you know both tackle and guard. But beyond that, you know, you want to see some of these other guys, the way that they move. Um, you know, Michael Dieter and, and Bo Benshaw, the road graders there for Wisconsin. How athletic are they? Um, you know, Bo Benshaw plays with a very high pad level. Can he get? Can he get down? You know, that's really going to be the big question. Can he get that butt down, or is he going to have to play with that high pad level? Um, you know, Connor McGovern, you know, very physical at the point of attack. You know, Chris Lindstrom, I thought, you know, he he. He was somebody who would explode out very athletic, but I don't think he he was all that powerful at the point of attack. I thought he lost, uh, wasn't able to sustain a lot of his blocks, would, would lose uh, 
you know, lose some of those blocks there, lose some of the leverage at times. So he's somebody to me, you know, I, I really want to see what does he look like? What does that lower half look like? Is he going to be a guy like, like Will Hernandez who just looked like, you know, from, from the waist down was just, um, you know, he was huge, you know, had huge lower, lower body, um, huge bubble butt that you want to have from a guard being able to fire out of their stance into, into that opponent, um, you know, and really be able to anchor, um, of course, Will Hernandez is also a huge, uh, you know, upper body as well. You know, just a very physical, big guy, and a guy who I think is going to have a very long career there with the Giants. Um, you know, Mike, Mike, Mike Jordan. You know, he's six seven, three hundred fifteen uh, pounds, and he's someone to me. I want to see how how well he moves. He's a guy who can play tackle, he can play guard, he can play center. The versatility there. He's a guy to me that could very well end up being a second round pick when it's all said and done. Um, Nate Davis out of Charlotte, 6'3", 311 pounds, was a tackle at Charlotte. He's going to be playing guard. Um, really want to see, you know, how low is he going to be playing? He played so low at uh, at the Senior Bowl. You know, that, that butt was almost touching the ground, it seemed like. So, you know, are they going to help him? You know, is he going to be able to fix that technique a little bit? And then obviously the guys out of Oklahoma. I want to see Drew Samia. I want to see Ben Powers. Uh, they were part of the best offensive line, and I just want to see some of that athleticism, see what they can bring to the table. Um, Nate Herbig is a big, big physical guy. Uh, they're out of Stanford, and, and you know I want to see what he can do. Martez Ivy, you know he's he played tackle at Florida. I think he's going to be a guard, and uh, you know I want to see you know if he's got any athleticism to him to you know when he kicks inside there to the guard position. Phil Haynes out of Wake Forest is a guy that nobody's really talking about. I think if he has a good combine, I think people are going to start talking about him a lot more. Um, you know, he's just kind of that guy that's flying under the radar a little bit. And, uh, because he went to Wake Forest, people aren't really talking about him, but he was a four year starter there. So somebody that you really want to keep an eye out for Derwin Gray out of Maryland, a big guy, not all that fast. He's somebody to me that's going to be kicking inside the guard. Um, let's see. You know, I love some guys out here at the tackle position um, that I'm, as I'm going through my list, I, they're starting to jump out at me. But we'll finish out the guards. Uh, you know, Tyler Jones out of NC State, he played tackle there for the Wolfpack. He's somebody with his versatility. I think he's going to end up being a starter long term there uh, at the next level. Um, so those are the guys that I really want to take a look at at the guard position. Mentioned that there were a few tackles that I, I left off my list. Mitch Hyatt out of Clemson. He was a guy, look, he. Received a lot of accolades there at Clemson. I don't know if it was just because of you know the the fact that they had such a dominant offense and he was the veteran of the group. But I saw a lot of bad tape. I saw him just being manhandled a lot. Um, you know, I thought he had a better 2018 than he did 2017. You know, so a lot better tape. But he's one of those guys to me. I don't see the athleticism there. I really want to see him at the combine to see just how stiff he is. Um, Titus Howard out of Alabama State. You know, this guy's a stud, um, and I really want to see, you know, an FCS guy put him against all of these other guys. He's going right before Mitch Hyatt, so you'll be able to see uh, the difference between the two. It's going to be very, you know, he's if he's a lot more athletic than Mitch Hyatt, it's going to stand out very clearly there as, as they go uh, one right after the other there in the draft. Or, I'm sorry, in, at the combine. And then uh, Joshua J- uh, Nijman, you know, out of Virginia Tech, Reason why I bring him up, he's a guy for me. When I look at um, some of his game film, you know, he was going up against some guys <clears throat> there early on in the season, and he put together some decent game film. And then he got hurt, and he's one of those guys that 
that people haven't really talked about all that much. So what I'm doing right now is I'm actually pulling up my notes here real quick um, because Nijman let's see who was it it was Brian Burns you know Brian Burns you know a lot of his tape where he was effective was against the left tackle when he went up against Nijman um, you know one of the things that Nijman was able to do he uses long um, let's see You know, he he used, uses long arms very well. Um, you know, if Brian Burns, um, you know, got into his body, if he actually squared him up, then he he basically engulfed Brian Burns and he wasn't going anywhere. And a lot of times he ended up moving over to the left side, and that's where he did all of his damage. So th there is some good tape out there on on uh, Joshua Jiz uh, Nijman, and uh, he's someone I want to see some of that athleticism. He's going to be a developmental project. He'll probably be a day late day three guy, but I really want to see what he does in the drills because I think he's someone that is going to surprise and could very well end up being a guy who gets taken in the sixth, seventh round, possibly a um, – a priority free agent, but a guy who I think could end up making a roster when it's all said and done. And then finally, the center position. So when you look at the center, only 12 centers taken in the first round uh, since 1999. But what's crazy is there were five uh, centers taken in, since 2013. In 2013, Travis Frederick uh, was the 31st overall pick of the Dallas Cowboys. 2015, Cam Irving, uh, 19 overall out of Florida State. Uh, 2016, you saw Ryan Kelly go 18th overall to the Colts. And then 2018, this past season, uh, Frank Ragnow and, and Billy Price going 20 and 21 back-to-back -back picks to Detroit and Cincinnati. Um, so why do I bring it up that way? You know, when you look at it, the, the total number of centers, you know, I mentioned it at, at the beginning of all of this, that, you know, the centers average about seven per year. And, uh, you know, the last year we actually had 11 centers that were taken and a uh, year before that, another seven. So when we look at this, this year's draft class, you know, I, I look at Garrett Bradbury, you know, he's a, a converted tight end and someone to me, I, I look at him, I can see him going number 16 overall to the Carolina Panthers. They need a center now that Ryan Khalil is gone, uh, and, and retired. And, uh, you know, we saw the type of impact that Ryan Kalim had uh, on that Carolina Panther team. Um, so to me, he's a first-round pick in my book. Elton Jenkins is another guy who has the potential to be a, a round one guy. He's he's very versatile, can play inside a guard. I think he's even played tackle in his career with the Bulldogs there at Mississippi State. Um, but I think he'll probably end up being a day two guy, as is Eric McCoy. I think he's a guy that nobody's talking about, the, the 6'4 junior out of uh, – Texas A&M, very athletic. I think that's one of the things that just jumps out to me. When he pulls or he's climbing to the second level, so athletic. I really want to see what he can do. You know, Can he you know, generate some movement? Is there going to be any pop to his game? How strong is he? That's really what I want to see there. Um, you know, Ross Pierschbacher out of Alabama, you know, a guy who I think is very intelligent. Um, you know, Is he another Barrett Jones um, or is he somebody who's going to be able to stick in the league for, for a, a number of years? Um, Lamont Gilliard. You know, is another guy. He's only six two. 
um, or at least that's what they have him measured in at. That's really going to be, you know, what is he measuring in at? He's kind of your your wrestler of the group, a guy who plays with very good leverage and a guy who's who's really looking to to maul you there at the point of attack. So he, those are those are the guys that I'm really going to be keeping my eye on at the the center position. I think those are the top five, um, you know. And I think it's really going to be obvious there at the at the combine when you look at those guys compared to some of the other centers. Um, and I just found Yadni Kajest, by the way. So Yadni will be there. He's someone at one point I thought maybe he'd be a guy kicking inside the guard. You do see some of the athleticism, but you know inconsistent tape. I think he lunges a lot. You know I think he needs to work on his technique. Um, he's an athlete, but he's he's somebody to me. Um, you know where. You know, I think he's going to need need more work, and a lot of people have him slated possibly as a first round pick or early day two. Um, I think he's probably going to end up being a, a third round pick when it's all said and done. I think the athleticism teams may bite in in round two, but you know, there's some other guys that are that are making headlines, making waves. You know, guys that are showing that they can get the job done on the outside, and uh, Yadni could just you know he could be surpassed by guys like Chuma Adoga and, and Titus Howard. Those are guys to me that I think are moving up boards, and and Yadni Kajus is going to have to watch himself. You know, he's really going to have to show up well at the combine. Um, you know, one other guard, you know, that I see on here that um, hasn't really gotten much of a mention at all, and that's Memphis's Trevin Tate. You know, he was a, a tackle at Memphis, 6'4", 295 pounds. He's going to kick inside to guard. I don't think he has the length to play there at, at tackle, but a guy who just you know he was a lead blocker a lot of times for. Uh, Daryl Henderson in the ground game and then Tony Pollard and uh, he's someone to me he's one of those names that nobody really is talking about but I think he's a guy who could end up being a late day three guy who could end up sticking on a uh, on an NFL roster um, a guy who probably is he's a little raw um, and probably needs a little bit of development but it's somebody who I think when it's all said and done um, could end up making an NFL roster so I mentioned the special teams so when you look at special teams, you know, we average about four kickers and punters taken every year. Now, last year we had two kickers and four punters taken. That's right, four punters. Um, you know, all taken, you know, in, in round five, except for Logan Cook for the of the Jaguars, who was taken in round number seven. But uh, Michael Dixon, JK Scott, Johnny Townsend, all getting starting jobs there for the Seahawks, Packers, and Raiders. And then Daniel Carlson and, and Jason Sanders taken uh, by the Vikings and Dolphins. They're at the kicking position. So when we look at at the kickers, obviously the combine, you know, we're not going to see a whole lot there. But you know, you know, Matt Gay, the way that he kicks that football there at, at Utah, it just sounds different when it comes off of his foot. I think a lot of people talk about that. Um, he's someone to me. He and Mitch Wisnowski out of Utah. I think both of those guys are going to get drafted. There's something in the water there uh, in Salt Lake. Uh, they're kickers. These guys both. You know, Mitch Wisnowski was a. Um, you know, I want to say that. Uh, you know, I know that he he was Ray Guy Award winner. I think Matt Gay was also uh, Lou Groza Award winner. Um, I look at Jake Bailey out of Stanford. I think he has a great chance of getting uh, getting drafted as well. Um, you know, not only is he a punter, but he he can handle the kickoff duties. And then Austin Seibert, you know, has an outside chance. You know, he and Cole Tracy. You know, Austin Seibert, the all-time leading scorer there at Oklahoma. Cole Tracy, um, you know, was the Lou Groza Award winner this past year. Um, so those are the guys really, when we come down to talking about the draft, 
you know, if we're talking about potentially having four or five kickers taken, there are your guys. I think, you know, Matt Gay and, and Mitch Wisnowski will probably be the top two taken, um, probably in the fifth, sixth round range. And then after that, um, Jake Bailey, probably a sixth rounder, Cybert, Tracy, probably seventh round. So all of that would take place on day one you know, with all of those positions. We then move on to the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. So really um, you know, kind of the passing day, if you will. And when you talk about the quarterback position, you know, we, we average about 12 quarterbacks a year you know, that, are, that are taken. When we look at last year, obviously we have five quarterbacks taken in round one you know, with, with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. So we look at, at this year's draft class. You know, are we looking at the the same, you know, same type of group? Are we going to see four or five quarterbacks taken in round number one? We won't see five, but there's a good chance that we're going to see four quarterbacks taken in round number one. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins. You know, he was a guy for me. You know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't see him throw the ball down the field. I saw a lot of that, a short to intermediate passing game, and what he, you know, the precision. With, with which that he he, he used to um, just execute that. Um, you know, I thought he executed it per, to perfection. You know, I, I saw Aaron Rodgers play against USC and was 25 of 25. Really a lot of those short to intermediate routes. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, he has that down. Um, but then the deep ball accuracy, when he had to put Ohio State on his back, you know, I'm expecting Dwayne Haskins to come out. And if he does throw... Um, they're at the combine. That's going to be the big question. Is he going to throw? But if he does, I think he has uh, an opportunity to separate himself and be the number one quarterback taken. Drew Locke out of Missouri is another guy who needs to throw the football at the combine. Really has to show that, you know, the ac- you know he has a big time arm, but the accuracy, you know, a 62% passer in, in 2018. Before that, he hadn't even come close to sniffing uh, 60%. So I really want him to be able to, to show also, that he has the the, the footwork down. And he's somebody who wanted, you know, rarely planted his feet. And if he was planting his feet, he wasn't always pointing in the right direction. Um, and that really, you know, led to a lot of those errant throws. Um, you know, he he's worked on his touch as well. I think he he's able to put the ball, you know, over the linebacker in front of the safety. You know, hitting guys in the voids in the zones. Uh, but Drew Locke can make all the throws. Um, you know, and he's somebody to solidify himself in the top half of round one, get there at the combine, have a good day, and uh, you know, take it from there. Daniel Jones out of Duke, a guy who I thought, you know, 59% passer. Really, I wanted to see him come back for one more year. Um, you know, in, in past podcasts, I've talked about how that, that last year from the junior to senior year, especially for the Mannings, both Eli and Peyton, you know, that made a huge impact that final year under David Cutcliffe. Uh, we won't get to see that with, with Daniel Jones. I thought at the combine, or I'm sorry, at uh, the senior bowl, he looked very inconsistent. Um, you know, the athleticism and, and the arm strength, you love that, but some of that decision-making, some of the ball placement are questionable. Really want to see what he can do. Can he step up his game there at the combine? And then obviously there's Kyler Murray. Number nine overall pick of the, uh, Oakland A's has a chance to make history being the first first to be drafted in round one in the top 10 potentially um, in in history um, you know of, of the NFL and, and Major League Baseball drafts um, Kyler Murray 
you know, is he going to run at the, you know, run first and foremost? Lamar Jackson didn't a season ago, but the big question was whether or not he's a quarterback or a running back or what's he going to be. Um, for me, Kyler Murray, I'd love to see him run just because, you know, he's he's talked all along about how he thinks he's faster than Marquise Brown in the 40. I want to see him prove it. I want to see him get out there and run it. I don't know that he's going to do that, though. Um, he may not run the 40 at all, but I'd love to be able to see him do that. And then everything's scripted at your pro day. Show that you can go out there in a hostile environment. It's not so much that there are people yelling and things like that, but when I say hostile environment, I mean this is something that you know what you're you're going to you're going to be uncomfortable. You're you're going to have to make throws, um, especially to receivers where you have zero rapport, and you're going to have to excel. You're going to have to show that you can lead that that wide receiver group, that tight end group. You know, and possibly even lead that quarterback group. I thought Baker Mayfield, when he was out there, you saw that that level of, of connection out there on the football field. I want to be able to see that. I want to see Kyler Murray's love of football really come out there at the combine. And really, the only way that you're able to see that is if they really do, th- if he really does decide to throw. I, I get the feeling that he probably won't, um, but I'm really hoping that he does. So those are the four quarterbacks that I think are going to be first round picks. You know, when we talk about the quarterback position, uh, I'm just looking at the NFL draft by the numbers um, because, you know, I, I have fun taking a look at those numbers. Um, you know, we, we look at it, you know, 25 quarterbacks taken since 2011, 14 of them, I'm sorry, 25 quarterbacks taken in the first round since 2011, 14 uh, in, in, in the top 10. Um, so when you look at it overall, um, you know, it, it's one of those things to me, um, 14 in the top 10, you know, we had, you know, four a season ago, five overall. Um, So that's something I think you could have as many as three quarterbacks taken in, uh, in the top 10. You know, we saw that in 2016, we saw that in 2017 and obviously in 2018, um, you know, and before that, even 2014, um, 2012, 2011, um, where you know three or four quarterbacks were taken in in, uh, in the top ten, so that's very um, let me see. I'm sorry those that, those aren't top top ten. I'm talking about first round. I apologize, um, but but looking at that number when you're talking about that, um, you know having four. You know, it just kind of fits right in with that that same pattern about four quarterbacks taken in round number one. I think we have enough. You know, this isn't the 2013 draft class where we had uh, E.J. Manuel, uh, Geno Smith, and Mike Glennon, the only three quarterbacks taken in the first three rounds. Um, So really, when I look at the numbers, the last three drafts, we've had six quarterbacks total taken in the first three, I'm sorry, the first three rounds of the draft. So when we look at if we're looking for who the other couple of quarterbacks are going to be, I think the first one, Jarrett Stidham, I think he has some inconsistent tape out there, but a guy who can push the football down the field. It's really weird. He's he's pretty good outside the numbers. When he goes inside the numbers, um, the consistency kind of drops off. So he's kind of one of those weird anomalies. Um, so after him, who's it going to be? Who's going to be that other guy? You know, is it going to hold true? Um, you know, with, with these numbers, Will Greer, you know, a, a guy who I think, you know, inconsistent play, you know, that gunslinger mentality, is he going to be someone who's going to, um, you know, 
is a team going to fall in love with him? Gardner Minshew and the air raid there at Washington State. Um, Tyree Jackson, you know, probably too raw, so he's probably not going to be in the running there. Teams may be in love with Ryan Finley. To me, I see him as a fourth or fifth round pick, probably more on the fifth round side. Um, you know, a guy who to me just doesn't look like. Um, you know, starter material at the next level. Um, Brett Rippin out of Boise State. You know, he may surprise and may actually slide up into the draft um, just based on the fact that he is pretty efficient and uh, you know, put up a ton, a ton of yards there at Boise State. But he's a guy who, to me, I think has a lot to gain, show some of that arm strength. Can he throw the football down the field? And, hey, Clayton Thorson out of Northwestern. Let's not forget about him. You know, he's one year removed from from tearing his knee, um, Still hasn't missed a start there at Northwestern. Um, 52 straight games, I want to say. And uh, he's someone to me, if he can show that he's all the way back from that knee injury, he has a chance to show that he could be a potential third or fourth round pick when it's all said and done. So the receivers also get to... Uh, get to be in the mix here when when we're looking at it. When we're talking about the wide receiver position, I think first and foremost we'll talk about the number of receivers taken per year. On average, about 32 wide receivers that are, are, are taken overall. And when we look at the combine itself, we have 48 wide receivers um, that'll be there at the draft. So not every wide receiver is going to be drafted. Um, but uh, you know, you're going to get to see a, a wide range of guys. There are a lot of big physical receivers and so you're really going to want to see what a lot of those guys are going to run there's some guys that are technicians who may not be the fastest guys but you really want to see the type of route runners that they are because they're able to separate there with their route running ability um you have some of the speed merchants the guys that are going to be uh, effective out of the slot you know and those are the guys that really jump out and, and a lot of that is really just you know confirmation of of what uh, what you're seeing there on the tape when we talk about the receiver position, you know, we're looking at the combine. Really, you know, since 2011, you know, 15 uh, of the 30 wide receivers taken in round number one were taken in the in the top half of round number one. And uh, if we look at it, let's see. You know, 2018... You know, we didn't have any any wide receivers taken in the top half of round one. Um, you know, and that was only, you know, the, the second time that that's happened uh, since 2010 when Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant um, came off the board um, in the back half of, of round number one. But but DJ, DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley coming off the board there um, at the back half, like I said, of, of round number one. But when you're looking at at the wide receiver position and you're trying to predict who might be a a, a top ten pick, you know you look at DK Metcalf this year. You want to see what he's going to run. Is he going to run a four three five? How big is he? You know that's going to be a huge question mark. You have um, you know Marquise Brown. You know how fast he is. Um, just from watching him out on the field, you won't know what the time the time is. He's recovering from a Liz Frank injury, so um, you know he's not going to be participating at the combine probably not for uh his pro date either so you're gonna to have to trust a lot of the game film you know with, with marquise brown but definitely a a speed demon you know um you know there's no arguing that Nikhil harry kelvin Harmon, those are the next two receivers you know aj brown and, and akeem butler possibly as well um you know those are guys that if they can run sub four five 
then they have a chance to really start sneaking their way into a potential first round consideration. Why do I say four or five? So let's take a look at the receivers, especially those that are taken in the top half of round one and what they ran. So in 2011, A.J. Green measured in at 6'3", 211 pounds, ran a 4'4", Julio Jones, 6'2", and 3 quarters, 220 pounds, ran a 4'3", Both of those guys taken in, in, in the top 10. Moving along to 2012, Justin Blackman, 6'1", 207 pounds, ran a 4'4", Michael Floyd, did you realize Michael Floyd at 6'2", 220 pounds, ran a 4.4740 coming out of Notre Dame? That's why he was taken 13th overall. 2013, Tavon Austin, 5'8", 174 pounds, ran a 4.3440. Rams took him number eight overall. You know, 2013 also brought us all-pro wide receiver uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Fell all the way to number 27. You know, ask yourself, that's a travesty. Why did he fall all the way to 27? Well, at 6'1", 207 pounds, he ran a 4'5", 740. If you don't think that 40 you know, makes a difference, it makes a huge difference when you're talking about the draft. He was still a number one um, wideout, still a guy who was taken in round number one, but you know that 40 time really you know hurt his draft stock. I look at Anquan Bolden. I had him pegged as a first-round pick, and then he ran a 4'8", 40 at the combine and fell all the way to round number three. Um, so 40, yes, it does make a huge difference there at the wide receiver position. 2014, you know, this was one of the times where we didn't see, um, a sub four, five, 40 and have a receiver taken in, uh, in the top half of round one. Uh, but Mike Evans, you know, was the one, you know, was definitely an exception. You know, Sammy Watkins at six foot, 211 pounds, ran a four, four, three, 40. Mike Evans, six, four, 231 pounds, ran a four, five, three, 40. Now, here's the thing. D- DK Metcalf is going to measure him probably around 6'4", 6'5", possibly you know, as, as big as 230 pounds. I mean, if, if you've seen the, the pictures that are circulating all over the Internet, this guy's a monster. How fast is he? You know, that's really going to be a huge question. Is, is he going to be the, the athlete or, or is he um, you know, just going to be a bulky guy? That's really going to be a huge question mark. You know, what's, he, what's he going to time? What's he going to run? Um, you know, is that added muscle going to slow him down? Now, Mike Evans, the productivity, 151 receptions, 2,499 yards, 17 touchdowns there at AM in just, you know, in just two seasons. And you you contrast that with DK Metcalf in uh, his two seasons, you know, really, because you can't count 2016, just two games, you know, as a as a Richard sophomore, um, 65 receptions for 1,215 yards and 12 touchdowns in, in 2017 and 2018. So from a product production standpoint, we haven't really seen that. You know, he only played in seven games because of the, the neck injury. He hasn't been given the clean bill of health. So a lot of it is going to come down to what type of athlete is he going to be and uh, you know what, what really shows up out there on the football field. Um, we were talking about Mike Evans. Few picks later, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, 5'11", 198 pounds, uh, ran a four four eight forty. You know, and so he was taken there in the in the top half of round round one in twenty fourteen. Moving on to twenty fifteen, there were three receivers taken in that draft: Amari Cooper, six foot two hundred eleven pounds, four four three forty. Uh, Kevin White, six two two hundred fifteen pounds, ran a four three five forty. Remember that? 
that speed doesn't always translate uh, to the next level. You look at uh, Devontae Parker, 6'2", 209 pounds, um, 4'4", 540, 2016, only one receiver taken in, uh, in, in the top half of round one. That was Corey Coleman, 5'11", 194 pounds, ran a 4'3", 940. Um, and just so you, you know, we're, we're keeping score here in terms of the receivers. Uh, you know, Tavon Austin ran a 4-3-4. Corey Coleman ran a 4-3-9. And John Ross, you know, in 2017, um, you know, ran at 5'10", 188 pounds, ran a 4-2-240. So essentially, you got to break 4-4 uh, if you're under six feet to be mentioned in the top half of round one. The one exception is Odell Beckham Jr., and obviously you've seen why. You know, you have to be a special type of receiver um, like Odell Beckham Jr. in order to be able to do that. And I don't think we have anyone in this year's draft class that's going to fall in that category. So if everyone believes that Marquise Brown is a guy who can run sub 4-4, and I think he is, you know, then that has to lend to him possibly being a pick for the Packers at 12, you know, I, I think that that definitely would be a good fit, possibly even to the Redskins at 15, depending on who's going to be playing quarterback. So 2017, I mentioned John Ross, uh, Corey Davis, 6'3", 209 pounds, sat out, you know, with the ankle injury. But this was a guy, when you look at the production, you know, you knew what you were getting. 331 receptions, over 5,200 yards was a Mac record and then 52 touchdowns. You know, the guy was just a, uh, a stat machine. Um, and then Mike Williams coming out of Clemson, 6'4", 218 pounds. You know, the other bigger receiver ran a 4'5", 440. So you look at, at DK Metcalf and and clearly the top uh, receiver taken, you know, he still has a chance if he runs in the low 4'5s to still be taken in, in uh, the top half of round one, possibly even in the top 10 as Mike Evans and Mike Williams were able to do. Um, but if he runs sub 4-5, I think, you know, if I'm looking at the Bills at number 9, it'd be kind of hard to pass on having a guy that big, especially when you look at a lot of these names that are being mentioned in, in this list. You know, if if Josh Allen has a chance to have an A.J. Green, a Julio Jones, a Mike Evans, an Odell Beckham Jr., an Amari Cooper, you know, even Corey Davis right now, he, he'd probably take it. You know, he'd probably want that out on, on the on the field, especially if, if the Bills were able to get a tackle in round two. If they're able to get a defensive tackle because of the depth of the position in round three, I think that then you know you could definitely see the Bills making a move um, to get a receiver there at number nine overall. So when you look at this receiver position, I mentioned some of those guys, some of the bigger receivers. I want to see J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford. You know, I don't think he's just a guy who boxes people out there in the in the red zone. Although I think he's going to have a a huge forty time, or I'm sorry, a huge vertical, probably a forty inch vertical. Um, but JJ Arcega Whiteside, I think he can separate a little bit down the football field. So I think he'll be running faster than everyone expects. AJ Brown, man, he ran everything from the slot, and you know you hear everything coming out of Mississippi that they they only ran like twenty five plays. Um, you know, I really want to see what he can do when you give him a complete route tree out there. I think his draft stock, he's going to fall to the second round. I just don't think that he's done enough, uh, just yet, but you know, he measures in, you know, I think six, one, 230 pounds. What's he going to weigh in at, uh, at the combine? Um, he's going to display a little, little bit more speed. Um, you know, Akeem Butler, he's six, six, 
you know, and, and that leaping ability, you really want to see that on display, but how fast is he going to be? Um, you know, is he going to be a vertical threat? Um, he wasn't asked to be a, a red zone threat there um, for the Cyclones uh, of Iowa State, but to me, I think he has a chance to be a first round pick when it's all said and done. He'll probably be a number two, uh, probably fall to day two, but, you know, a guy for me, he was just a lot of fun to watch and, and really a deep ball threat. Um, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. He'll probably be a, a late day two or early day three guy out of Ohio State. You know, Curtis Samuel type. Um, he has a chance to put on a display, to put on a show um, with that 40 time. Jamal Custis, a 6'5 receiver out of Syracuse. He's a vertical threat, a guy who um, I think can put together a pretty decent 40 time for a guy his size. Um, you know, Greg Dorch out of uh, Wake Forest. I think he's um, quicker than he is fast, but I think in some of those agility drills, I think that's really, you know, he's going to, be uh, putting together some eye-popping numbers there. Um, you know, I'm looking at things going in alphabetical order. Order, Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. You know, if you remember, you look at a guy like uh, uh, you know Cooper Cup coming out of Eastern Washington. He ran the, a four six seven forty. I want to say off the top of my head, and was still a third round pick. And it was because nobody could guard this guy. You know, coming off the ball, you know, he was able to separate and, uh, you know, able to beat everybody off the line. Keelan Doss, to me, is is a guy who uh, probably, you know, going to be a very efficient wide receiver when it's all said and done. You know, he could be a second-round pick, probably a, a third-round pick. But, you know, I, I want to see what he can run. If he can run sub 4-6, I think he, he solidified himself as a, a day-two guy. Um, you know, what he's done at UC Davis, you know, he's, he's breaking records. And uh, to me, I want to see what he can do you know, when he's lining up right next to a lot of these big boys um, at, at the bigger name schools. Um, I, I think he more than held his own at uh, the Senior Bowl and one of the more consistent performers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Keelan Doss can do out there. Um, Terry Godwin out of uh, Georgia is going to get a chance to prove himself out there. You know, I thought he was a much better receiver than he was really shown there at Georgia. Georgia really having to spread the ball around with uh, you know that run, uh, run heavy offense. <clears throat> uh, Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri, really you know more of a vertical threat there for for Mizzou. I want to see <clears throat> can he run anything other than a nine route, you know, or a um, a, a slant, you know. I want to see you know, or a post. You know, those are really the three three routes that I saw him running more than anything else. Is there something else that he can run? Uh, Mikkel Hardman is another guy who I think I, I think of Isaiah McKenzie, and I see Mikkel Hardman. I think that's going to be really the, the same guy. Um, so I mentioned Cal, uh, Calvin Harmon, Nikhil Harry. You know, the potential to be first round picks if they're able to run sub four five forties. Um, you know, little Jordan Humphrey out of Texas, Jalen Hurd out of Baylor, bigger receivers. I think those are guys that will probably be you know around there, probably in the early fourth round range. Andy Isabella out of UMass. He has a chance to be with Marquise Brown not actually there. Um, he has a chance to be the top, uh, have the top 40 time. You know, he was the guy who beat Denzel Ward um, as a, a prep 100-meter um, champion. So it'll be interesting to see what Andy Isabella can do there. Um, you know, Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo, how quick is he? You know, that, that's really the big question. I want to see, can he make plays down the football field? 
Um, Terry McLaurin, I thought that he was a guy who really stood out at the uh, at the Senior Bowl. I thought that he definitely made some money there and really want to see what he can do at the Combine. Uh, Jacoby Myers, is he just a possession guy or can he um, does he have some juice? Can he run? Um, I thought Stanley Morgan, another guy quicker than he was fast. Um, very powerful guy. Hunter Renfro. You know, a guy who just knows how to get open, he'll find his way onto a roster. Now, here are two guys that I really want to see run the 40, and that's Riley Ridley and Debo Samuel. And Riley Ridley there at Georgia didn't really get to showcase what he could do out on the football field. I really want to see what he could do. And Debo Samuel, another guy who I thought, you know, just the ability to set up defensive backs and run his routes, you know, beating guys off the line. Um, I thought, you know, he was exceptional. And uh, somebody who I think is going to be, you know, these are two guys that can solidify themselves as day two picks. David Sills, um, you know, a guy who just, you know, knows how how to go up and get the football. You know, I don't think he's going to run all that fast, but uh, I don't think it matters too much. I think he'll probably be a fourth round pick and a guy who, um, you know, all he does is catch touchdowns. He's got that Chris Carter thing. Um, And then Antoine Wesley. You know, this is a guy who, you know, he's 6'4", 6'5", very skinny. You know, and he's somebody who I worry about, you know, getting jammed easily off the line. But uh, a guy who, you know, I've seen people talk about him as as high as round number two. Really, I think the best value for him is probably going to be, you know, fourth round, you know, based on a lot of the guys that I've mentioned here in this this group. He'll probably end up being a third-round pick when it's all said and done. Um but a lot of guys, you know, that I'm excited to see there um, at the wide receiver position. There's some small school guys like Alex uh, Wesley there out of uh, Northern Colorado that I want to see as well. Um, but uh, this group is shaping up to be a very deep class, and I'm definitely excited about the the wide receivers. So the tight end position, you know, if we move on to to tight ends, and uh, you know, the tight end position this year, it, it's interesting. So since 2000, there were 22 tight ends taken in round number one. Um, you know, in you know, 2011, 2012, and then uh, 2015 and 2016, no tight ends were taken. Um, you know, there were five drafts. That was 2000, 2002, 2004, 2006, and 2017, where multiple tight ends were taken in round number one. Three drafts saw tight ends taken in the top ten. In 2014, Kellen Winslow Jr. was taken uh, by the Browns, number six overall. Vernon Davis in, 20, uh, in 2006, six overall by the 49ers. And then Eric Ebron, number 10 overall of the Detroit Lions. So only three taken in the top 10. And then when you talk about last year, we had three tight ends taken. You had O.J. Howard going number 19 overall to the Bucks, Evan Engram, number 23 overall to the Giants, and David Njoku um, you know, went to uh, the Browns at number 29 overall. When you look at the tight ends and, and the tight end position and trying to forecast where everyone is going or predict where everyone's going to go, um, T.J. Hawkinson, the Mackey Award winner, the redshirt sophomore um, coming out of Iowa, He's clearly the best tight end. He's the most uh, versatile. He's a guy who is the most complete tight end in the draft. I've seen a lot of people talking about how the Detroit Lions are going to take him with a number eight overall pick. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that, that the Lions, um, you know, last time they took, uh, you know, Eric Ebron, that was, uh, what was that? 
last time we saw a tight end taken. It was actually taken by um, Detroit. And it was Eric Ebron. And that was in 2014. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, Detroit now. Detroit has a history of, of repeating. You know, we saw them take a receiver in the first round um, three consecutive years. You know, but taking a tight end, you know, twice in, in just a matter of five years. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the wisest thing, especially, you know, when you're looking at, you know, defensive end and corner. You know, unless, you know, you're not falling in love with, you know, any of those edge rushers. Um, you know, or, or um, potentially Greedy Williams or Byron Murphy. Um, I, I just I, I don't see T.J. Hawkinson being the pick there at number eight overall. Um, but you know, I think a lot you know, will be said about what they do in free agency to really determine what they're going to do at number eight overall. But if you look at T.J. Hawkinson, six five, about two hundred thirty pounds, uh, forty six reception, seven hundred seventeen yards, and six touchdowns. Um, you know, comparable. Uh, you know, Vernon Davis, you know, 51 receptions, 831 yards with uh, with Maryland. And uh, Eric Ebron, you know, 62 receptions, 973 yards and three touchdowns in his final year. Uh, Kellen Winslow, 6'4", 251 pounds, you know, uh, 60 receptions, 605 yards and a touchdown. Um, all of those guys, you know, running sub, you know, 4'6", or, you know, right around in the 4'6 range. Um, or faster. Kellen Winslow a 462, Eric Ebron 46 flat, and then Vernon Davis just blowing up the track with a 43840. So you're talking about some some special numbers there at the combine first and foremost. What's TJ Hawkinson going to run? If he can run in that 46 range, he has a chance at being a uh, a top 10 guy. You know, but if we look at some of our other tight ends, you know, especially the three that were taken just a season ago. Uh, O.J. Howard at 6'5", 251 pounds, ran a 4'5", 140. Evan Ingram, 6'3", 234 pounds. You know, he's more of the, the Noah Fant, you know, um, comp. 4'4", 240. And then David Njoku at 6'4", 248, ran a 4'6", uh, 440. You know, when you look at some of the production as well, and, and T.J. Hawkinson, um, you know, it, it matches a little bit with... Uh, you know, with, with O.J. Howard and uh, and David Njoku a little bit. So to me, T.J. Hawkinson, I have him coming off the board mid-round one, and I think that's probably a fair assessment at this point. Um, you know, but I really want to see what he does at, at the Combine. Irv Smith Jr., uh, another guy to really keep an eye on. 6'4", 241 pounds, uh, 44 receptions, 717 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, you compare him you know, favorably you know, to O.J. Howard, um, someone who's probably going to end up coming off the board back half of round one. And then Noah Fant, 6'5", 241 pounds, 39 receptions, 518 yards, and seven touchdowns this year. A season ago, it was 11 touchdowns out there, um, you know, 30 receptions, 494 yards. I mean, so you figure one one in every three receptions was a touchdown his uh, his sophomore year. But Noah Fant, to me right now, looks more like an Evan Ingram type, and I think a team that's going to fall in love with his, you know, he's probably going to run in the 4-4s, and if he does that, he'll probably end up getting in the you know, late round one range. But I think for my money, when I'm looking at the tight end, um, TJ Hawkinson is the most complete tight end, and then after that, I think, uh, you know, Irv Smith Jr. may end up being the number two guy 
coming off the board. Um, but the other guys that I'm really curious to see run, um, Jay Sternberger, to me, I think is battling uh, Isaac Nada for that number four tight end spot. Um, I think Isaac Nada um, may have the edge on him as a blocker, but I think Jay Sternberger is a better threat um, up the seam. Um, you know, I think Dawson Knox is going to turn some heads, has a chance to sneak into uh, late day two because I, I have a feeling he's going to tear things up um, running there at the combine. I'll be curious to see exactly what he does run. Um, Caden Smith, you know, I'm, I, I don't know how fast he's going to show uh, show up there at, at um, you know, out of Stanford, uh, a guy who was a, a vertical threat coming up the seam and, and a guy who could contort his body, make a lot of those catches down uh, down the football field. He's someone, to me, um, you know, probably going to end up being in the fourth-round range. Um, but uh, if he runs well at the combine, I think that may turn some heads and may have some teams really you know second-guessing themselves there in terms of where they want to take him. Uh, Dax Raymond out of Utah State, another guy who I think if he runs well at the combine, you know, will end up being a, an early day three guy, as is Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. So I think those are the guys that are really keeping an eye on. This is a position dominated by underclassmen. So guys like C.J. Conrad out of Kentucky and Tommy Sweeney out of Boston College and even Drew Sample out of Washington. I want to see what these guys can do, you know, really step up. Can they... You know, put a stamp on uh, on the combine a little bit. Really show some some good athleticism, catching the ball down the football field. Um, you know, then even Keenan Brown out of Texas State. You know, he was a transfer from Oklahoma State. He, to me, I look at him. I see him potentially being uh, you know that H back role. Um, I, I think he has a chance to stick with a with a, an NFL team. He and Trevin Wesco. I think Trevin Wesco out of West Virginia. They have him lined up with the tight ends. He's probably going to end up being a fullback, but uh, a guy who I thought was very um, showed up very well in uh, you know at, at the at the Senior Bowl at the All Star Games. So, be interesting to see what happens there. So, after we move on from offense, we go to we go to the defensive side of the football. You know this weekend, and uh, first the defensive ends. You know, we average about twenty-three defensive ends coming off the board um, per draft. So when you talk about the defensive end position, um, when you look at how many were taken in round number one, you know, twenty eleven draft. When you look at this, you know, we're talking about you know six taken in round number one. That was Alden Smith. J.J. Watt, Robert Quinn, Adrian Clay, Claiborne, Cameron Jordan, and Cameron Hayward. I mean, you want to talk about some guys. I mean, there, there are some dudes coming out of 2011. Um, so six guys taken in round number one, 11 in the first three rounds, and 20 overall. Uh, you know, in 2012, you had seven taken in round number one, you know, and 13 in the first two days, and then 24 overall. You know, 2013, you have five in the first round, 10 in the first two rounds, and then 33 taken. So, I mean, as it plays out, you know, last year you had two that were actually taken in round number one, uh, nine that were taken in the first three rounds, and then 22 total. 
you know, you look at some of these numbers and, and you're really trying to figure out exactly where everyone's going to fit. And I look at the at the combine, it's kind of divided up into the, your edge rushers and your defensive linemen. And when you look at my website, I've kind of, I have defensive ends, defensive tackles, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, more so than the edge rushers. I probably ought to change that because um, then it would make a little bit more sense when you look at some of these edge rushers um, versus, uh, you know, defensive ends. But uh, if we talk about the defensive end position, as a whole, um, you know, really, uh, I, I look at the edge rushers, for example, uh, and that group, um, you know, I, I want to see just how fast, uh, Cleveland Farrell is going to run, you know, out of Clemson. You know, when I look at this defensive end position, um, I've got Nick Bosa sitting there number one overall. You know, and Nick Bosa is going to be, you know, has been invited to the combine. He'll be there. He's under the defensive lineman. Um, if you're scoring at home, when you go and take a look at uh, NFL.com, he's he's listed as a defensive lineman as opposed to an edge rusher. Um, but I have him as the number one defensive end. Uh, Cleland Furl, Montez Sweat, and then uh, Rashawn Gary sitting there at number four. Uh, Rashawn Gary, to me, I just I think he's a little overrated. I think people are talking more about his. Um, his potential, his untapped potential, than they are really looking at at uh, the production. The production just didn't match it. And to me, I, I look at him, I, just, I think he's still a first-round pick. I just don't know that I'd want to take him in the, in the top, 10, top 10 picks. I've always said about top 10 uh, selections, you want to have a guy who you are keying in on and that you want to pay attention to. Where are they going to be out on the football field every single play? And I don't really get that with Rashawn Gary. You know, I was more worried about where was uh, Chase Winovich going to be more so than him. Um, so he's someone lining up at the defensive lineman position um, or in, in that grouping, but someone who I think is going to have to have a big day. What's he going to run? And, uh, you know, how's he going to look in the drills? So those, you know, he's someone to me that I really want to see um, how he stands out. You know, um, Austin Bryant, you know, he's a big guy. Um, you know, I think he actually weighed in at 285 pounds there at Clemson. He's going to be you know, lined up. He's going right after Jordan Brailford out of Oklahoma State, who's 6'3", 250 pounds. You know, Brailford has a chance to be, you know, a 43 defensive end. He could also stand up in a, in a 3-4. I think he has a little bit of versatility there. Before him, he's got Ben Banigou uh, at a TCU. I think a guy who is solely going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, I thought his production tailed off. And a guy, to me, um, you know, I think he's a little undersized. You know, I, And really the first guy leading off this, this edge rush group is, is Josh Allen. You want to see the explosiveness, just how quick he is off the football. You want to see him in some of the agility drills as well. I think he's going to be a freak. I think he's going to time very well. I think he's going to show his strength. Um, you know, Brian Burns, to me... Uh, is someone who's very, very athletic and, you know, he's more of my outside linebacker, but he's an edge rusher and, uh, you know, he's just so small. He's 235 pounds. He has the excellent long, you know, arm length. And uh, I just, I worry about Brian Burns um, as a first round pick just because of the fact that, uh, you know, yes, he is a pass rush technician, but can he set the edge against the run? Um, how versatile is he, is he going to be? Or is he going to be just solely a, um, a situational edge rusher. You know, that's really a big question mark for me. Uh, Montez Sweat, you know, I thought he he performed very well. I'm going to be curious to see what he can do, um, you know, after the, the Senior Bowl performance. I think this kind of puts a nice little cherry on top. Um, O'Shane Ziminis out of Old Dominion, he's going to be a guy, 
that if you don't know who he is, you're going to get to watch the film on him, or you're going to get to watch him at the Combine. I think he's going to you know, be pretty explosive, uh, as is Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida. Uh, the, the junior pass rusher, to me, um, just feels like you know a, a perfect fit in Seattle, going number 20, 21 overall. Reminds me a lot of Bruce Irvin, um, you know, type of guy, you know, and I think that fits perfectly into what Pete Carroll wants to do. Um, DeAndre Walker, I have him as a as an outside linebacker, but he's someone to me, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be someone I want to see, you know, what can he do in a lot of the drills. Chase Winovich, um, you know, I know he's got, he's battling an injury. If he's going to be there at the combine, I'd love to see what he can do. Can he play out in space? Um, here's a name for you. Uh, Justin Hollins out of Oregon, a sleeper, probably going to be a, either a late day two or early day, day three pick, but a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He can get after the passer. Um, he can drop into coverage. He can play the run very well. Um, Justin Hollins, to me, is a sneaky good player who I think is going to move up some draft boards when it's all said and done. So um, those are some, some of the guys that I'm looking at at the edge rusher position. Uh, Porter Gustin. Man, if nobody's gotten to see this guy play at it at, at USC, um, kind of a bull in a china shop type of a guy. Not the most, you know, um, you know, in terms of finesse, not the most um, technically sound guy, but a guy who just gets the job done. A guy who's always working hard, getting after the quarterback. He may not even be drafted. You know, he's got a lot of uh, injury concerns, but um, you know, I want to see what he runs at the forty. I think he's going to be a workout warrior. I think he's going to test very well. And, uh, you know, people are going to have to go back and study some more game film on him. He's just a guy who just continues to work, get after the quarterback. And USC's uh, defense, defense really looked different once Porter Gustin was was shut down for the rest of the year after, uh, um, you know, the broken foot. So um, he's another guy to me that I'm going to be curious to see. And then as is Jalen Jelks. You know, he's a guy who's got a lot of length there at Oregon. But I don't think that, you know, I think he gets engulfed at the point of attack. He's someone who's going to have to play out in space. And I really want to see if he's going to be able to, to drop in those drills and what, what can he really do. Um, you know, Daryl Johnson out of uh, North Carolina a and I think he's a little light. Um, and I think that's something I'll be curious to see what he, you know, how he shows up. Um, Christian Miller out of Alabama. Nobody's talking about him, but I think he's going to be a surprise guy. Um, someone who I think is going to be an early day three pick and someone who uh, can get after the quarterback a little bit. So staying with the defensive ends, though, but we'll, we'll move over to the defensive line group. Um, I'm not sure how the combine is going to group them, if they are going to have edge rushers working separately from the defensive linemen or if they're all going to be together. Um, but uh, defensive end, you know, Zach Allen out of Boston College, what's he going to run? What's he going to measure in at as well? He's 6'5", 285 pounds. Can this guy move? Is he going to be a guy who's going to be a, a um, you know, play inside and really move over to a five technique? Is he going to be a three, four defensive end? What's he going to be? LJ Collier out of TCU. He's a sneaky good uh, pass rusher um, off the edge, a guy who plays with a lot of effort. Um, I'm going to be curious to see what he looks like. Uh, Joe Jackson, he just looks stiff, but still gets after the quarterback. Um, you know, I, I really want to see what he can do there for the Hurricanes as well. Um, Anthony Nelson out of Iowa, another pass rusher. You know, he's, he's got the length to me. I, I look at him and I see a three, four, um, you know, defensive end, really a five technique. Um, Charles Amenahu though, out of Texas, I think he, he's versatile to play, you know, uh, in either a three, four or a 43 defense. Um, excellent length, the guy to me who should be a second round pick when it's all said and done. Um, so those are the, the edge guys that I'll be taking a look at, you know, the defensive linemen. 
I'm sorry, the defensive ends. Um, but the defensive tackle position, this is one that's just freakishly um, deep. It, it, it's insane. 21 defensive tackles on average since 2011 uh, selected. And, and if we look at it, oh gosh, let's see. In 2011, we had five taken in the first round. 2012, there were three. 2013, there were four. 2014, two. Da, da, da. No defensive tackles taken in 2017. Um, so five is, is the number from 2011. That's, that's the highest uh, in the last eight years. And I think uh, we have a chance to exceed that easily you know you look at Quinn and Williams obviously out of Alabama what's what's the kid gonna do and that's gonna be um you know a lot of fun to see just how fast and how quick he's gonna be Ed Oliver what is he gonna measure in at that's gonna be a huge question mark right Ed Oliver um you know is he 280 pounds um is he 6'3 um but then you want to see just how athletic he is as well in the feet. You know, what position is he going to play? That's going to be a question mark. Uh, Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. You know, here's a guy, um, you know, I'm going to compare him a little bit to, to Jonathan Allen, you know, who was a first round pick. And uh, you know, I really want to see just how athletic he can be, especially if he's going to be weighing in over 300 pounds. Um, you know, Dexter Lawrence, you know, a 340 pounder. You know, he's going to be compared to the likes of, of Vita Vea, Dontari Poe. You know, what type of numbers is he going to put up there at the combine? Uh, Jerry Tillery, is he 6'6? Is he 6'7? You know, can he keep that pad level low? You know, those are some of the things you're going to be looking at with him. And then Jared Willis, a third. I think he's a guy who could potentially sneak his way into round one, um, as is uh, Draymond Jones out of uh, Ohio State. I think he's definitely a, a, a guy who's also on the border there as well. Um, and then Jeffrey Simmons, you know, I haven't mentioned him. He's not going to be at the combine. Um, first of all, he uh, didn't get the invite because of the domestic violence, um, you know, the the, ch- the charge that he had, um, the misdemeanor, simple assault. Um, but then he also tore his ACL. So he's someone um, probably going to end up falling to, to round number two as a result of that. But, you know, you figure Williams, Oliver, Wilkins, Lawrence, those are going to be your, your four for sure are going to be taken in round number one. Uh, with Simmons falling, you could see a guy like Draymond Jones, Jerry Tillery, Gerald Wilkins slide up in there. So anywhere between four and seven guys um, taken in round number one. Now here's here's the other thing that's kind of interesting is, is when you're talking about it, it's not just round number one. Um, you know, the first two days of the draft, you know, because you're talking about, you know, if you have the first two days, you're talking about the first three rounds, right? And uh, so when you're talking about the first three rounds, let's see, you know, just out of curiosity, as I'm looking at some of these numbers, um, what was the highest number? So in 2016, we had 14 defensive tackles taken in the first three rounds. In 2018, just to give you an idea, uh, there were 11 total taken. And when there were five in the first round in 2011, there were 13 taken in the first three rounds. I think we have a chance to to exceed that this year. When you look at the, the defensive line, you know, I've already mentioned um, eight guys right there that, that can be taken there in the first three rounds. Um, you know, Chris Slayton out of Syracuse is a guy who... Um, you know, is kind of the forgotten man. He's not going to be um, the first two days, but a guy to me who I think can be a, a very solid 
for for an NFL team. You know, he's just a guy that I happen to look look down and see his name. But how about Daniel Wise out of Kansas? The guy to me just always seemed to be making plays. Uh, you know, for there for Kansas, just a guy who was so explosive off the ball. Um, Kalen Saunders out of Western Illinois. I thought he really showed that he belongs. Um, and a guy who I think could end up being a, a late two, early day, th- uh, early second, early third round pick, I should say. Um, you know, Kingsley Kiki out of Texas A&M. You know, I think a three-four defensive end. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, but he's a guy that to me could end up being a um, a, a second or third round pick. Um, you know, Terry Beckner out of Missouri, another guy who I think could end up being a second or third rounder, as is Isaiah Bugs um, out of Alabama. Um, so when you look at this this group, um, you know what's interesting is is the snubs. I didn't mention some of the others. Um, we'll get back to that here in just a second. But Marquise Copeland and, and Cortez Broughton, the two Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Marquise Copeland was a guy, um, you know, who's been consistent. But Cortez brought um, Cortez Broughton was the more flashy of of the two, and he's a guy that to me um, made all kinds of plays all over the field. Um, and and really, I thought that he had a chance at. Uh, you know, if he got a chance to show what he could do, could end up sneaking his way possibly into you know the late day two. Um, you know, Ricky Walker out of Virginia Tech, Michael Dogba out of uh, you know Temple, Chris Nelson out of Texas. You know, I, I don't know that those guys are necessarily going to be day two guys, but those are day three guys for sure that are going to stick with the, with an NFL roster. Uh, Greg Gaines out of Washington, he's like the Tasmanian Devil um, in there, just a guy who just always gets after it, very strong at the point of attack and surprising quickness, uh, that short area quickness. Um, you know, Dalen Mack is like a fire hydrant in there uh, for Texas A&M. He's just six one, but uh, can play the nose and uh, you know be disruptive. Um, Rennell Wren out of Arizona State. I thought he was playing out of position um, there for the Sun Devils. He's somebody who I think could surprise, probably be an early day three guy. Um, so really, you know, as I'm looking at some of these, you know, Jonathan Ledbetter out of Georgia. Um, he was a defensive end. Um, I'd kind of be remiss if I didn't get a chance to mention him. Um, but Albert Huggins out of Clemson, you know, defensive tackle. He's another guy that, uh, you know, could end up being a late, you know, third round pick probably more more likely a fourth or fifth rounder um but you look at a lot of guys here you know on second glance you know the first thought is is wow how deep is this this group um and i think you know you can't just talk about the first three rounds when we mentioned the the guys coming off the board in the first three rounds i think you know we're probably talking about 10 or 11 guys you know, really when it's all said and done that really you know are are shoo-ins to be um off the board in the first um, first two days but just all those those guys that I've named those are all going to be guys that are going to be drafted and uh, you know when you're talking about the defensive tackle position you know only 21 guys on average being drafted I think we have a good chance at exceeding that that number for sure um, you know and if I look at you know really what we're looking at from a draft class perspective you know they're 24 in 2018 Prior to that, let's see, what was the higher number? You know, 2011, there were 22. So, you know, 2018, you know, that really is, is kind of standing out you know, as, as a year for the defensive tackle. 24 total taken, 
you know, you had, you know, Vita Vea obviously as the number one defensive tackle taken. And uh, the last one was Joshua Frazier out of Alabama going to the Steelers in the seventh round, number 246 overall. Vita Vea, by the way, was was number 12 overall to the uh, to the Bucks. So, you know, I think this this class has a chance to exceed that number when it's all said and done. Um, so teams looking at, at the defensive tackle position, you know, they may be able to slide, especially with uh, you know, moving to into day two and uh, still get a playmaker. So I mentioned the the snubs. You know, before we move on to the linebackers, corners, and safeties, you know, some of the other snubs um, and some of the other positions. Offensive line, uh, Calvin Anderson out of Texas, 6'6", 300 pounds, excellent length. You know, I wanted to really watch him, see what that um, – the stiffness in his hips. Can he bend? Is he going to have to move inside? A uh, bunch of Stallings and uh, Teron Prescott out of uh, Kentucky and NC State. You know, I thought that they were both pretty efficient um, guards. Um, kind of surprised that they're not going to be there. You know, I thought Stallings was was you know athletic. I thought you know Prescott was very stout at the point of attack. Um, quarterbacks: Taylor Cornelius, uh, Marcus McMarion out of Oklahoma State and Fresno State. Um, thought they had a chance to make it there, but uh, you know their performances at, in the All Star games, especially Cornelius's, that's likely why they didn't make it to the uh, make it to the combine. Um, but the receivers, you know, Penny Hart out of Georgia State, the you know the the diminutive uh, slot receiver, you know, a guy who I think can take the top off of a defense, and then Olamide Zacchaeus um, out of Virginia, another slot receiver. Um, and then Anthony Ratliff Williams out of North Carolina, just an inexperience um, there at the receiver position, but a, a raw talent um, that I think teams would love to be able to see out there performing. Um, you know, at the tight end position, Donald Parham out of Stetson. I mean, he's 6'8, 240 pounds, and was number three in receiving yards at the FCS level at the tight end position. How does he not get an invite? Um, so teams are going to really going to have to be, uh, you know, going back and studying Donald Parham. I think he's going to get drafted, though. Um, Andrew Beck out of Texas. He's a, a guy who I think is going to be an H back or a fullback, but it, you know he can play tight end, play a number of positions. Um, he's going to be a versatile guy. May not get drafted, but somebody who you know would have been nice to see him um, get a combine invite. And then at the defensive end, three guys: Kyle Phillips out of Tex- uh, Tennessee, uh, Malik Reed out of Nevada. Um, really, kind of more of a you know, probably a 3-4 um, outside linebacker. Kyle Phillips would be a defensive end um, in a 4-3, possibly even a 3-4. And then Matthew Betts um, out of Laval uh, in Canada, you know, really a, a stout um, edge rusher coming off the edge. Um, I said stout, you know, more of an astute um, edge rusher, a guy who I think can get to the quarterback, has that burst. And when you see some of these smaller school guys, you know, you want them to get a chance out there on the field. So he's somebody to me that I'm, I'm very curious to see what he can do. You know, and we'll have to wait for his pro day to be able to do that, though. Linebackers. So at the linebacker position, we've had about 33 linebackers taken per year. So when you look at that linebacker position, um, you know, it doesn't include all of your edge rushers. But, uh, you know, this past year we had four taken in the first round and 12 that were taken in the first three days. And, uh, you know, the, the highest number, uh, 37 taken total in the draft. So, you know, when we look at this this draft class, you know, you're going to be looking at a, a, a lot of different guys. 
you know, this game, we're going to have 37 linebackers there at the combine. You're going to be looking for some guys who can drop into coverage. Can they get out and make plays in space? What can they do against, uh, uh, against the pass? That's going to be a huge question mark. Obviously you have Devin White and, uh, Devin Bush, uh, Mac Wilson, those are going to be your, your three guys. You really want to just curious to see if you check off all the boxes there. You know, can they drop into coverage? You know, what can they do in the 40? Um, you know, can they make plays on the football? You know, those are going to be some of the things that you're going to be wanting to see. You know, Trey Lamar, he's 6'4", 250 pounds. How quick is he? Can he move laterally? TJ Edwards out of Wisconsin, another guy. You know, how quickly laterally can he move? Um, you know, on the flip side, Ben Burkirvin, David Long. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to see them out there um, in in space. Can they get off blocks? But you are kind of curious to see just how easy, you know, movers are they? Can they drop into coverage? You know, um, David Long, I know he, he plays very well downhill, but what can he do in coverage? Uh, um, you know, Tavon Coney out of Notre Dame, Cam Smith out of USC. Cam Smith, is he going to be right around the 230 range? That's going to be a question mark. Tevin Coney, he's 6'1", about 240 pounds. But those are two guys to me that I just don't feel that they move all that well in space. So those are guys that I kind of worry about a little bit, um, you know, possibly being exposed for that. Um, Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame. Gary Johnson out of Texas. Those are a couple of guys who I think are, are, are very athletic and uh, guys who I think can play very well in space. Those are going to be guys who I think, if they can test well there at the Combine, those are going to you know really be, be eye-openers. And then uh, Terrell Hanks, a guy who I think moves very well sideline to sideline, gets lost a little bit in coverage, but I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be a standout there at, uh, at the Combine. Dakota Allen out of Texas A&M, another guy to watch on the inside linebacker position. Um, Aziz Alshire out of Florida Atlantic. I don't think he's going to get to get any action because of his knee injury, but someone to keep an eye out for um, when we get into the the pre-draft process, you know, beyond the combine. Um, Blake Cashman out of Minnesota, very productive linebacker for the Golden Gophers. Somebody to keep an eye on there, as is Joe Giles Harris out of Duke. I think he's one of the more complete inside linebackers. Um, I was looking at my inside linebacker group, and I must have forgotten him because he's not in my top 10. Um, I need to make sure I get that updated as quickly as possible. Um, you know, Jermaine Pratt, he kind of is another guy that falls into, he's a converted safety, another guy that you want to see what he can do playing out in space and you know, getting those guys out there. Um, you know, and, and that's somebody that I'll be curious to see what he can do. Um, when you look at the linebackers, Khalil Hodge out of Buffalo, I mean, 400 tackles in three seasons. Come on. How's this guy not getting an invite? He's six, one, about 235, 240 pounds moves. Uh, well, downhill, not as much laterally, and I really wanted to see, you know, can he play sideline to sideline? Is he get, is he going to be a guy who can be a three-down linebacker? And I really wanted to see what he could do at the combine to do that. B.J. Blunt out of McNeese State, undersized linebacker, but another guy that you wanted to really see um, play against some of the big boys. And then uh, one other linebacker is, is Josiah Tauefa, UTSA. Inside linebacker, a kid who I thought you know performed very well for the Roadrunners, and uh, you know I was kind of surprised. Most of the underclassmen end up getting um, getting selected to um, appear at the combine, so I was kind of surprised when Jordan Tauefa was not one of those guys. Um, but 
trying to pull him up. Let's see. You know, he only played in seven games in 2017, but uh, as a freshman, uh, you know, 115 tackles this past season. Played in 12 games, 111 tackles, just really a tackling machine. Uh, diagnosis plays very well. Um, so he was a guy that I really wanted to see what he could do. You know, 11 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. You know, as a freshman, he had, you know, six sacks. So, you know, a kid who does very well playing downhill. Um, you know, and, and really the big question was, was can he drop into coverage? How stiff are those hips? Can he be a three down player? Um, so those are the guys that I was really looking forward to at the combine that aren't going to make it there. Um, moving on to the cornerback position. So let's see. I, I think on average, you're talking about between the corners and safeties, about 51 um, taken um, between 2011 and, uh, and 2018. That's uh, kind of the average. Um, when you look at the cornerback position, you know, 2017 was really the year, uh, or 20, let's see, 2016 and 2017, we... Let's see. All right, so 2013, we had we have four corners. 2014, we have five. 2015, we have four. 2016, we had five. 2017, we had five. And then 2018, down to three. So the question really is going to be how many corners are going to be taken in round number one? Obviously, we, we know that Greedy, Williams, Byron Murphy, and DeAndre Baker are your top three corners. And, you know, what order is that going to be? That's really going to be the, bi- the biggest question. Um, the best athlete may be Byron Murphy. Greedy Williams has obviously the best length. DeAndre Baker is someone who I think is getting disrespected. I think he's a much better corner than people are giving him credit. Um, no touchdowns given up in 2017. Uh, Greedy Williams, obviously with the length, very easy mover, um, uses his length to his advantage. But I think, you know, he also, for whatever reason, wants to grab guys a little bit too much. Um, and, and relies a little bit too much on his recovery speed. Byron Murphy may be the most complete corner when it's all said and done. Um, you know, and I'm really curious to see what he can do in the drills. How low is he in his back pedal? How fluid are those hips? Um, Rocky Sin, you know that uh, that spin that he has, you know, to to recover. Um, you know, I thought that he looked very good there. You know, Trayvon Mullen, Lonnie Johnson, um, Iman Marshall. You know, those are corners, you know, bigger corners. Want to see first what they measure in at, and then how fluid are they? How how quick are their hips? You know, Derek Beatty out of Kentucky is another guy. Um, those are all guys that you really have to keep an eye on. Isaiah Johnson out of Houston was a, a converted receiver. What's he going to look like in those drills? Um, so the cornerbacks, you know, Julian Love. You know, he's he's five eleven. He's more of a slot guy, probably at the next level. But uh, all the you know the ball skills, you know, his ability to get his hand in, knock balls away. Um, and then Amani uh, Oruwariye out of Penn State, a more physical, um, you know, jammy at the line. But you really want to see what can he do playing in off coverage. Um, is he is he versatile there? Is he more a guy who's just going to be playing up on the line? Um, that's going to be a big question mark there. Um, let's see, you know, those are going to be some of the guys that I'm keeping an eye on. Obviously, Hamp Cheevers out of Boston College is a guy who, you know, he takes a lot of chances, takes a lot of risk. He's aggressive, you know, but, uh, you know, he had the seven interceptions, but he also, you know, gets burned a lot. Chris Boyd, a lot of bad tape. You know, some days he'll look, or some plays he'll look like a an All-American, and other plays he looks like he, he shouldn't even be out on the field. Um, so he's someone who I think really has to have a good, uh, good week there at the combine and really, you know, play well, 
Um, Montre Hardage, you know, he's a guy who I think is going to end up being in the third corner at the next level. Um, Justin Lane, man out of Michigan uh, State, you know, 6'3 corner, excellent length. How fluid is he going to be? You know, he played a little bit of receiver for the Spartans as well. I think he's a guy who might slide up some or move up some draft boards. Kendall Sheffield out of Ohio State, eye-popping numbers potentially uh, in the 40. Um, but, uh, you know, from a, a coverage standpoint, he was one of those guys. I, I really wanted to see him come back to to Ohio State. I, I thought that, you know, he was just a lot of inconsistencies in his game. And then Joan Williams out of Vanderbilt, excellent length, 6'2", 6'3". Um, really curious to see what his arm length is going to be. Um, how quick is he? Does he have those uh, the mobility in his hips? He, like uh, Lonnie Johnson um, and, and Derek Beatty, you know, three guys who could potentially move up the draft boards, you know, as bigger corners. Now the safety position, again, we're taking a look at these and, and who, you know, how, how many were drafted in round number one. Um, you know, each of the, the last two seasons, we had three taken in, in round one. In 2017, we had Jamal Adams, uh, Malik Hooker, and Jabril Preppers. And then a season ago, Mika Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, and uh, Terrell Edmonds. So, you know, the likelihood that we're going to be seeing three, you know, two to three safeties taken in the first round in this year's draft class, I just don't see it. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to me is, is one of the more versatile uh, safeties in this year's draft class. Um, Jonathan Abram, I think, is, is one of the more physical, but I worry about, you know, how stiff in the hips is he going to be. This year, Adderley, I thought, you know, from a technique standpoint, um, you know, he's still a little raw, but he definitely has the ball skills and definitely a guy who I think um, can eventually be a, a starter at the next level. Deontay Thompson, really sad that uh, he had to have surgery on the wrist, so he won't be able to be there at the combine. Um, it's someone that I, I really wanted to see in the drills. Um, you know, Taylor Rapp, to me, um, you know, a, a guy who d- did a little bit of everything, but I think he's kind of limited, you know, especially in coverage. That's where Juan Thornhill, I think, is going to excel. He's going to show show up very well in, in coverage. Um, a guy like Marquise Blair, 6'2", 195 pounds, um, and, and Will Harris of Boston College, 6'2", 210. Two bigger safeties. How stiff are they in the hips? You know, those are going to be some question marks. Uh, you know, Darnell Savage, Mike Edwards, two guys that I think um, do a very good job in coverage. So uh, you really want to see, you know, what type of standouts they can be. When you're talking about uh, the corners, Let's see, 36 corners and then uh, 29 safeties. You know, so Evan Worthington out of Colorado, another safety to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, Kari Willis out of Michigan State was their leader in the secondary. Um, let's see, Jaquan Johnson out of Miami. Really want to see what he can do. He and Abani Hooker. Um, you know, want to see what he can do. Uh, Lucas Dennis, I think, is going to show up very well in the drills. Um, but a guy that really was kind of frustrating when he when it came to um, wrapping up and tackling, you know, which was a strong suit of Malik Gant out of Marshall, 6'2", 200 pounds, a big hitter. But um, how you know how well can he drop into coverage? Um, Ugo Amadi, um, Ugo Chukwu Amadi out of uh, Oregon, a converted corner playing safety. Um, he's a guy to me that, uh, can show off some pretty good, co- uh, cover skills. And then Mike Bell, a guy that people aren't really talking about at Fresno state, big guy, physical over six, three, 
you know, how stiff are his hips? You know, if, if any of these bigger corners that we're talking about and how stiff the hips are, if they can show that they can drop into coverage a little bit, I think they're going to make themselves a little money. And then finally, the last guy that I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about him, the, the guy with the wild blonde hair in, in the back of his helmet, uh, Andrew Wingard uh, out of Wyoming. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to test all that great. But he just always seems to make plays, always seems to be around the football. And he's one of those guys you want to have on your football team. So the snubs at those positions, um, there, there are two corners and two safeties. Um, James Madison, Jimmy Moreland, um, when you talk about a guy with 18 career interceptions, and uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head how many pass breakups, 52 is a number that sticks in my head, but a guy who just knows how to make plays on the football, and uh, he wasn't invited to the combine. Donnie Lewis out of Tulane, uh, another corner who I think could be a day three selection. Uh, Delvon Randall out of Temple. Um, really started his career off well there at, at Temple and kind of up and down after that. Um, but a guy who I thought deserved an invite, as is jo, uh, Jojo McIntosh out of Washington. You know, the big hitter and, uh, you know, the more physical presence in the secondary there for the Huskies. Um, you know, while Taylor Rapp was kind of flying around, making a lot of plays and, um, you know, in, in the box and such, uh, Jojo McIntosh, again, was the more physical presence of the two. So wanted to give you a little bit of, of the combine, or I'm sorry, the, the draft by the numbers and kind of what I was expecting to see at the combine or what I'm looking forward to most. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of, of guys, you know, that really, you know, who are going to be your workout warriors, who are going to be the guys who um, really, you know, make an impact. Obviously, everyone remembers Mike Mamula, so you can't necessarily, you know, put a ton of draft stock into um you know everything there at the at the combine but you know a lot of this should check the boxes off and if there are some question marks if a guy is more athletic then okay maybe you need to go back and watch some more of the game film but uh you know i think watching you know really what i'm going to be watching for is um you know i, I think for the offensive linemen how stiff are the hips can they sink into their their stance um, how athletic are they going to be? What's the footwork look like, um, especially for the tackles with their kick slide? You know, are they going to be able to get out and, and, and get those edge rushers? Um, for the receivers, want to see the release off the line, you know, if at all possible, if they're lining up against anybody. Um, how good, you know, how well the, uh, they, they track the ball in the, in, in the air, um, how crisp their routes are. Can they sink their hips and, and drop and, and come back to the football? Um, you know, some of these receivers that are used to running the nine routes, you know, and the, the, the posts um, and the slants, you know, can they, you know, really sink those hips and really be able to drive and, and come back to the football? Um, that's going to be a huge question mark. Can they run some of these other routes? Um, quarterbacks, you know, how, how, you know, what, what does the arm strength look like? How are they, um, you know, are they able to put the ball on the money? You know, how consistent is the accuracy going to be? Um, where's the ball placement going to be? Th those are going to be question marks there. Um, running backs, obviously, you know, what do they look like um, with their cuts? The, the lateral agility, you really want to see that. You know, what, what do they look like uh, as a receiver coming out of the backfield? Um, you know, the ends, you know, how, how well do they come off the ball? Can they flatten out in a hurry? How stiff are those hips? Can they dip their shoulder, their inside shoulder? Um, you know, what do their hands look like? You know, how, how quick are they with their hands? Um, you know, defensive tackles. You know, kind of the same thing, you know, with how they fire off the football. Can they keep their pad level low? Um, same, that really same goes for the offensive line with their with their pad level. 
um, linebackers, you know, really want to see, are they going to be a two down guy or can they be a three down defender? Can they drop into coverage? Um, do they have that lateral uh, quickness? Or are they just guys that are more the downhill guys? Um, and then in the secondary, the corners, do they have that fluidity to be able to turn and run? Can they stay low in their, in their back pedal? Um, do they understand some of the route concepts? Can they make you know make breaks on the football? And uh, for the safeties, how how stiff are those hips? Because if, if they are stiff, you know, and they can't really drop into coverage, that really limits their effectiveness at the next level. So those are definitely some things I'm going to be watching out for at the combine, which is coming up this week. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, you know, I'll be tuning in, watching on TV. I'll be watching the Combine and really bring you my thoughts on, on where things are at the Combine and really want to start putting together my mock draft post-Combine um, because a lot of you know what, what starts to stand out really you know, are guys starting to separate themselves from, uh, from other players. And you know, the question is going to be, you can start identifying who are the 32 guys that are more than likely going to be first-round picks the question is going to be, what are the teams doing? Um, you know, you can pretty much peg about 20 to 25 guys who you know for a fact are going to be first rounders. Just need to figure out where. And then after that, a lot of it comes into play with what teams are doing in the in the off season. That's really going to tell you who are those final six, seven guys going to be that are going to uh, find their way into the first round. There's always going to be guys that are going to slip. There's always going to be guys that are going to fall. And, uh, you know, those are the, that's really part of the fun of it is really trying to figure out who's going where and when. Two last guys that I forgot to mention. Um, let's see. Uh, Preston Williams um, transferred from Tennessee, got into trouble with the law, went to Colorado State, really resurrected his career. Very physical receiver, a down, downfield threat, um, excellent body control. He won't be at the combine, and and Jalen Ferguson. There was a fight at a McDonald's. He got his combine um, invite rescinded. Um, Preston Williams, just based on the receiver depth that we talked about, he'll probably be a day three guy. Um, you know, I, I I'll be curious to see what he runs in the forty at uh, at the combine. You know, but a lot of these big receivers, I think that's what's going to separate themselves in terms of their draft stock is how quick they're going to be, how fast they are uh, in the 40, and then how quick are they going to be in, the, in and out of their cuts. And then for, for Jalen Ferguson, the sack daddy, I don't think it's going to affect him too much. I think he's still going to end up being a first-round pick. Uh, but any thought of him going off off the board in the top 20 picks probably went out the window. He's probably going to be a late-round one guy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Mayock and uh, – John Gruden, if he's there at 24, end up taking him. He could end up potentially being a guy there for Seattle. Um, I think the Rams sitting there at uh, 31 could definitely be a uh, in play there for him as well. Or depending on what Green Bay does at number 12, they could potentially be in play there at 30 with their second first round pick. So hopefully now you feel ready for the combine this week. We'll break things down after the combine is over, who definitely helped themselves, who, you know, who, who's, whose draft stock is, is hurting as a result of, of the combine performances. And we'll t- kind of look ahead to um, what, what we can expect, you know, over the next couple of months. So I hope everyone has a fantastic week and we'll talk again after the combine. So until then, this is Greg Shoes for readyforthedraft.com. This has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. 
Until then, everyone, I am out of here. Take care.